Uh, Shalom. We are we are tonight uh, doing the topic of here we are auctioning off Eliot. Um We are continuing uh, following Rav um, Rav Zilberstein on uh, on Masechet um, Nedarim and. Um, this particular issue comes in through the Fichazot Staka when the Gemara talks about uh tzedakah being uh being 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 considered a type of nether. Now uh the the case that we're going to be talking about is auction off auctioning off uh aliyot. The issue is gonna be uh in situations where the bidding drives the price of an aliyah up very high. Uh, does uh, does a person still have to pay? That's the question. And um, there's two different questions. Number one, does the person who won the bidding have to pay? And uh, and what about the person who jacked up the prices? So that's what we're going to discuss. The, the The graphic here is really uh, not accurate. 50, 100, 200, 500. I just didn't didn't have place to fit in all the uh, all the steps, but uh, the case that we're going to speak about, the auction got all the way up to thirteen hundred in increments uh, that were a little smaller. Now, uh, the 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 first Shila that he asks uh, is going to be contrasted with another Shila that he discusses uh, that comes up in the footnotes. <clears throat> here's the here's the case. Uh, Nadarli cannot mafter. Somebody uh, made a netter to to buy mafter. Vison o and his enemy, or his somebody who doesn't like him, uh, his hated one, uh, competed with him about the price. Ad shekel until they jacked up the price to thirteen hundred shekels. Sheila. Uh, a miracle happened to his son. And he made a letter that he's going to buy Mafter the next Shabbos. Now, Mafter is 50 or 60 shekels, at most 100 shekels. The question is, uh, So Ruben brought it up to 50, which is a normal price. So Shimon Brought it up to 100. So then Reuben said again. Reuben is the one who, whose whose son had a had had some kind of a miracle, and uh, and uh, he took the netter that he's going to make this aliyah. So Reuben Reuben takes it up to 150. Shimon brought it up to 1,200 shekels. Eventually, he bought it in 13, for 1,300 shekels. At 1,300, so Shimon didn't, didn't uh, jack up the price anymore. Now, okay, that's what happened. And he got the aliyah. And uh, fine. Motzi Shabbos, Kishigi Ruvan im im Pinkas Chekim Lashalemitamachir. He got away, he right away uh went uh with his with his checkbook to pay. By the way, this connects up with our previous uh Chabura about paying immediately. 
in a shul situation, we spoke about in a previous Chabura, uh, uh, when when uh, you know when there's a tzedakah vow, so then if there are anim around, so you really should pay right away. Uh, the iser of, there's an iser of Baltacher, there's an iser of delaying payment uh, of a vow, but there's also a mitzvah of uh, of paying it immediately. And um, and with tzedakah, so that might take place right away if there's poor people around. On the other hand, in a shul, it depends if there's if there's immediate needs. So uh, so there might be uh, there might be a situation where where you would have to pay immediately. Whatever the case, it's certainly uh, proper to pay immediately. So Monsi Shabbos, there's Reuben with his checkbook, and he wanted to pay in installments. He wanted to write uh, postdated checks so that uh, he'll be able to to eventually pay off that 1,200 shekels. Now, uh, we're talking about somebody who is uh, apparently of limited means. As far as they're concerned, he, he, as far as they know, he shouldn't have to pay the full price. They know Shimon didn't want to buy mafter. He saw how how excited you were to to get them after how intense how intensely you wanted it. He realized that something was going on. He's got some uh, grudge against you for some reason. Decided to take uh, revenge on you and bring the price up. So they claim to Reuben, you're a, you're a kolonik. The most is 100 shekels. Our heart does not enable us to take more than 100 shekels from you. And your children are going to go hungry. Because of some, some Jew that wants to take, uh, uh, take revenge on you. Ach. Of course, go go ask a rub. So apparently he asked Rav Zilberstein. So now there's going to be two questions. Part number one is going to be, does the father have to pay uh, 1,300 shekels? Apparently what's sold is sold. And he made a netter that he's going to pay 1,300 shekels. Let's say at that very last stage, Reuben said, okay, I'm not into it. So he could have left it for Shimon. Um, Welcome, Ariel. So he could have left it for Shimon. And then Shimon would have had to pay the, the 1,200 shekels that he said. So then when Reuben went up to 1,300, so that netter also takes effect. And he has to pay the full price to the Gaboim. So the simple thing is, he made a netter, he's got to pay it. It was a serious netter. Had he not 
said that last step of 1300 the other fellow would have had to pay 1200 so he certainly has to pay 1300 you can't say that because Ruben made a netter and he had to buy it Shimon didn't really intend to add to the price he was not really uh serious about his bidding on the one hand, because he knew, because he knew all along that Reuben is going to keep on ask, adding, uh, because Reuben made an error. No, that's not the case. Reuben could have dropped it, because the netter would have been a mistaken netter. Initially, when he said a netter, that would not have been. Uh, it wouldn't have been necessary for him to buy, to fulfill that netter. It would not have been necessary for him to buy something that was more than, uh, uh, more than that original uh, 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 hundred shekels, because otherwise, he, he, excuse me, because his netter initially was. Aldas, it was it was in the mindset that this mafter is going to be about a hundred. So he said, "I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to be no der mafter." In his mind was, and it'll be a hundred shekels. So that you know, you can't say that. His netter was only with the intention of it being for hundred. Not for some wild price. So because the initial um, uh, netter was only with the mindset that uh, that. Ruven, who's son in a miracle, and he made this netter. He made that netter with the mindset that it'll cost about a hundred shekels, and if it costs more than that, that would be what he what he what he categorizes as as nidre taut. So let's say uh, when it got up to three hundred, Ruven had dropped out. He said, "Ruven, he said, Shimon, you you take it." So so Ruven could have dropped out. Without any uh, uh, penalty, let's say, he would not have not fulfilled his netter. So he theoretically could have dropped out. So it's not that um, Shimon was never serious because he knew that Reuben was always going to keep on going. Because had Reuben stopped at any at, 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 at any place which was above a hundred, he would have not have gone against his netter. That's the that's what he's saying. Okay. Now, uh, what's interesting about this Shaila is that Rav Zilberstein had a different Shaila that was asked to him, and that Shaila is dealt with in the uh, in the in the in the footnotes, but it's in his his book on on, on Ksuvas on Ktubot. So uh, that's a case which he which he contrasts. There was a rich person who reached the, who was in a shul, and they jacked up the prices for him. So that he would give a, a, a large donation to the shul. Now, the actual case there was in the, the shul of a hospital, and, 
and the donations go to the hospital. So somebody in the shul saw that this person was a uh, was a rich tourist, and uh, and he started uh, he started bidding with with the intention of jacking it up so that the guy would would pay. So uh, at a certain point, the tourist got wind of what was going on. He realized what was going on. Um, he didn't get to be a rich tourist uh, for nothing. And so uh, he had uh, he had that uh, sixth sense that they're trying to, of Dimalov, that they're trying to take advantage of him. So at a certain point, he said, let's say it was some, some exorbitant price already, uh, 1,500 shekels for something. Uh, so the tourist said, no, that's fine. You can take it. So now this fellow who was artificially jacking up the price uh, is stuck. So, so is he obligated to pay? Is that fellow obligated to pay? The person who, who um, was artificially jack, jacking up the price and the tourists called this bluff. So uh, plus, uh, what about the guest? Uh, for for the amount that he was uh, that he was willing to pay, so um, he said like this: Number one, uh, again the, the 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 original tshuva, uh, the the guest. Let me just pull it up. Uh, in the original tshuva. So there's two assets. Let me share this. Here it is. Um, so Rav, Rav Zilberstein uh, uh, thinks that the, the competitor who was jacking up the price never intended to really make a netter. On the other hand, doesn't it say in the Ramah that that dafka uh, So when a person is in a communal setting, so as long as the language of the netter is such, so you have to go with it. So he says, unless it's a hundred percent clear, it's an umdan and the muchach, not a hundred percent. It's it's a it's a very clear. Uh, 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 assessment that that's really uh, that's not what the person intended. It's very clear that this person was just artificially jacking up the prices, and he never wanted to um, to really pay. Now, uh, however, the oreach, the guest, really should pay the amount that he was going to say right before the end, because. The the uh, Magen of Rum mentions uh, the minig of Hasidi Ostrich. Hasidi Ostrich uh, had a certain practice that even if they did not win the the bidding for an aliyah, let's say, they would still pay the price that they that they uh, that they bid. In other words, one person said five hundred, another person said a hundred. I've said, I've said 600. A third person said 700. So even though the 700 wins, the 500 and the 600 would still have to pay, would still pay. They would still have the minog. The, the pious people in Ostrich would still have the minog of paying off what they 
initially uh, bid, even though they didn't win the bidding. And that's something that the Magen of Ram brings in. So uh, the uh, Rav Chaim Kanievsky said that he thinks that the that the guest, even according to the the Minog Ostreich, would not have to pay. Why? Because that exorbitant price was the result of a mistake with them with them trying to take advantage of him, and it's Gnevastas. Had he known that there's no real competition, so he never would have uh, gone to those kinds of prices. So um, the um, the here we are. So uh, Reb Chaim Kanievsky said, That was an example of somebody who was, who was mamish being taken advantage of. If he knew there wasn't a true competition, he wouldn't get up to 1,500, 2,000, 3,000, whatever it was. There, this fellow planned with the Gaboim that he's going to trick this, this person. But the, uh, but the, the other people wouldn't have paid. It was part of the deal that they wouldn't have paid what they promised. In our case, meaning the two people that are competing, uh, even though it was also not a true competition. But Shimon would have had to really pay what he uh, what he bid because because uh, he did intend to to uh, give that money. Okay. Um, now. What about the enemy? What about the uh, the fellow who was artificially jacking up the prices? Meaning, at the end of the day, is it going to be that uh, the poor Kolo guy is going to have to pay thirteen hundred, and the other fellow is going to get off scot free? So, so say first of all, listen again before we, before we read anything uh, in Shemayim. They know exactly what's going on. They know exactly what's, uh, you know, everybody's judged for their morality. Omnam. Shimon's there. And if, and if Shimon wants to do tshuva, he's got a lot of tshuva to do. Omnam. Shimon's there. He's got to be really afraid of din shamayim. Why? That's a Gemara Baba Basra. The Gemara says, you don't make uh, positions of authority over the community that are less than two people. Maisra uh, Ruta, what, what in what kind of authority is there in collecting tzedakah? Because you can take a a mashkun, you can take you can you can uh, take a pledge from somebody that he's going to be giving tzedakah. Let's say again here it's it's such. Let's say the situation was not such that everybody uh, decides uh, by the goodness of their heart, so to speak, that they're going to donate to this, that, or the other cause. But rather in a community where they determine that everybody's going to give X amount of money. 
And that's more tzedakah in the sense of the word tzedek of, of, of what is uh, justly coming from that person. It's not um, something that is like charity where the person gives out of, the, out of, his, own, of his own heart. So they can, they can actually take a pledge from person to, to, have, to have him pay uh, what he's, what he's got to pay. Any is that the case for Aktiv? Doesn't it say, Isn't there a Pasuk that says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will visit, I guess, punishment on anybody who pressures others? Even if tzedakah collectors push and pressure people, they're also going to be, uh, going to have to, have to answer to uh, the heavenly judgment. There's a difference between somebody who's wealthy. Amid means, uh, we use that for modern, in modern, modern Hebrew, also for somebody who's wealthy. Uh, literally, somebody who is assessed to, to have to pay a lot, in parentheses. And, and Rashi points out that here the meaning is wealthy. Somebody who's not. So Rava forced Rav Nassim Barami, who apparently was wealthy, and he took 400 zoos for tzedakah, and that was considered okay. That wasn't considered a, a transgression. So step number one is that um, uh, is that if you if you pressure somebody. When you when somebody is not wealthy, so it ends up that that Shimon who was bidding, he in effect pressured Ruvain, who was also bidding, into paying a lot of money, and he was poor. Look, the Gabaim were saying we don't want to take the money away from 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 you feeding your kids. Um, the whole thing was just because he has a grudge against him for some reason. Okay, so point number one is that Shimon is pressuring Reuven into giving tzedakah, and therefore uh, Shimon should really uh, should really worry about uh, uh, Shimon should really worry about about uh, what he did. Meaning, meaning Shimon acted really improperly here, and he was over on the Gemara and Baba Basra of pressuring somebody into giving tzedakah. But even more than that, he should be more worse worried about Rabzeira's uh, uh, klala. What's that? That's a Yerushalmi. Yerushalmi says the following. Again, it's a Mishnah that says, if a person says to another person, go and be Makadish a woman for me. So the fellow goes as a shliach to be Makadish a woman. So he goes there and he originally intended to be Makadish. His, 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 excuse me, his task was to be Makadish the woman for, for Mr. X. But he gets her and said, you know something? I should marry her. So, uh, so, so to speak, she runs off with the best man, meaning the, the, uh, the woman is Mekudeshes, not to the originally person, original person who sent the shaliach, but she's, uh, she's Mekudeshes to the second fellow who was Mekadesh her himself. So the Gemara says, okay, that's legal. Tani, Bryce, Harezeh. 
Zuri Zvinisker. He acted, he was an opportunist and he, and he uh, benefits, so to speak, or he, he merits because he ends up getting married to her. Uh, and and the, 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 the Kenyan takes effect. However, he acted with trickery. And, and, and for that, uh, it was improper. Meaning this, this, this is a very Bidyevid Mishnah. This says Mikudeshes Lasheni, but this was totally improper behavior. It was trickery. Says the Gemara, Afla Midat Adin came. The same thing now when the Gemara says the Mefarshim say when it says Midat Adin, it really means for legal matters, for for uh, for purchases, not just marriage. A person says to another one, uh, "Go and buy something for me. Go and go and buy uh, uh, a painting for me." And he tells uh, he tells a friend of him go buy this this uh, this special painting that is on sale at the gallery. And the friend goes and buys it for himself. It was a one of a kind thing. He is he was he was uh, acting uh, with I will say opportunistically, and and he wins. However, and, and the sale is a sale, and he's got that painting. However, uh, this was considered, uh, he's considered a Ramai. Ramai is not a good club to be with. It's, it's like, it's like, uh, like Lavan and those kind of people. So, so, uh, so he's a dishonest person. So on the one hand, it's wrong. It's immoral. Rabbi Zeira Mekel Lahon. Rab Zeyer would curse out those people who saw that their friend was trying to buy something and would raise the price, meaning by, by artificially offering a higher price to the, to the seller. And then the buyer really wants it. So then he'll up the price. Exactly, exactly what we were talking about with Aliyah's, but with an auction, um, with with uh, with somebody who's trying to buy something now, nowadays we have a, a one. I, I don't know if included in Reb Zeira's curse is 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 an auction where the whole style of determining the price is through auctioning it off, and everybody goes into that situation knowing that everybody else is trying to uh, trying to bring the prices up, but. Uh, but uh, what what the Gemara is saying, and I'm 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 just speculating. I I don't know, you know, uh, uh, maybe Zira would not be into into auctions. I don't know, but it seems to me that Rabbi Zira would be into would be against uh, uh, somebody who is artificially jacking up the prices so the other guy is going to pay a lot. That would be one thing. Uh, no, not intending to buy himself, maybe even in an auction, in a normal auction. And so you're you're at uh, at Sotheby's or one of those auction houses, and they're auctioning off uh, a, a kiddish cup from the from the 1700s, and uh, and you have the same thing, uh, but instead of Maftir, it would be it would be uh, some guy who's got uh, who this would be the last thing that he wants for his kiddish cup collection. And the competition knows that, and he's artificially jacking up the prices, but he doesn't really intend to buy. 
and he's going to back out right at the moment. So maybe that would be similar. I don't know. Um, in the case in the Gemara, it sounds like somebody was trying to buy it. Somebody else came in and 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 and, and offered a higher price. So Rabbi Zeber gave a curse for somebody who did that. So so says Rav Zilberstein, um, this Shimon should be worried about that. He cursed somebody who, who saw that his friend really wanted to buy a, a, a purchase. And he raises up the price. Now, what do we do now? If you really are a Yereshamayim, and you're you're worried about what's gonna what judgment you're gonna get in heaven. You should pay the amount. You should pay the shul the amount that last of that last netter that you made, like the minug of Hasidei Ostreich was that the that the Magen Avram brings that they would donate even if they lost the auction. Now, by, now just that that Gemara, excuse me, that minhag is brought by the Magen Avram in Hilchos Shabbos when we're talking about auctioning off Aliyahs and Shabbos, and it's it's quoted by the it's quoted by the Yamshil Shlomo. Uh, by the way, when we were in Chappelle's, uh, when when a uh, number of the times when I was in Chappelle's for Simchas Torah in the old days, I remember they would they would auction off the. Uh, the Atar races on Simchas Torah, maybe in the Aliyahs, I don't remember, they would auction it off for for Mishnayis or Gemara uh, for learning. And one of the things that that uh, Rabbi Kalinsky said initially was that even if you uh, don't win the bidding, you still have to do whatever you say. In other words, be very careful as you're bidding uh, because everything you say you're going to have to do. One guy's going to win it, He's going to be the highest bidder. But the people who weren't the highest bidders are still going to have to do what they said they were going to do. And that is the, the source for that, perhaps, is the Minag Ostreich. Uh, again, that's with regards to money, but um, it, uh, we applied it to Gemara and, and, and Mishnayis. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, so, uh, oh, so now. So, so the Gaboim should tell should tell Shimon, you're in a lot of trouble here because what you did, number one, was crooked. Number two, you're going to be subject to the to the klala of Rabbi Zeira, which is brought in the Rishalmi. Uh, And what you really should do is like minigostrech, and you should pay twelve hundred shekels, uh, and all Reuben should have to pay is the extra hundred. Now, here's the mugging of rum. This is the this is the minigostrech. Um Yamsu Slomo says, Achrazata mitzvot, Mishi Tenyoter Hu is Keba. When you when you announce mitzvahs, meaning when you auction off mitzvahs, whoever gives the most money is going to get the the psicha or the or the Shani Shlishi whatever it is, whatever Aliyah it is, or the Atta Aresas by a nira lessor. So it really should be Asar on Shabbos. Unless you say that there's simply no problem at all of of business style things going on with mitzvah matters, and it's totally mutter. Uh, unless it's a, 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 a an object that's being stole, sold. 
But I'm saying that just to, there is such a minute, and I'm trying to be miyashiv the minute, trying to justify the minute. But it seems clear, it seems proper to me, it seems clear to me, says the Yam Shel Shlomo, that's Rav Shlomo Luria, the very early Akronim, uh, contemporary with the Shulchan Aruch, and he says that the the like the custom of the Hasidic Osrach, the Kol that whatever you let out of your mouth that you're going to give, let's say you you were in the bidding and you said 200, but somebody else said 300, somebody else said four, and somebody else said 500, and the 500 won, you still have to pay your 200. Um, uh, then if people follow the Menagostrich, everybody is simply making a setting off that he's gonna he's gonna donate a certain amount. There's also an auction going on, but it's less of a of a business-like competition for the for the for the highest bidder. Meaning, if people follow the Menag Ostreich, so then it's not gonna be similar to to uh to business on Shabbos. Again, there there is an approach. That would say, oh, it's totally okay, but because it's not because it's Torchei Mitzvah. But but if you don't, so then the Menagosrach can save you. Um, okay, um, and and again he ends. Um, uh, not only would it be uh, with regards to aliyahs and mitzvahs and those kinds, but even getting things. If you are going to uh, 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 do it in a way of the Chavzidi Ostrak, however, you should you should be careful about that. Now, um, what if Shimon doesn't want to pay? Shimon's a tough guy. He doesn't seem to be such a uh, uh, such a wonderful character. Here's an idea. They should take the thirteen hundred shekels from Ruven. The Gaboim should have a meeting with the rabbi. Invite Reuben to, to give some shirim in the shul. And, and they'll pay him back the extra, let's say, 1200 He originally was going to get mafter for 100 and he paid an extra 1200 So So figure out a way to pay him uh, and to get him back that twelve hundred, he'll give some shirim in the shul. Let's say Reuven doesn't give shirim. He's not a wealthy person. So, so give him the kavod of being able to clean the shul. He'll clean it properly. Just like uh, the tradition says that Rashi's father swept the Aaron Kodesh, cleaned off the Aaron Kodesh with his beard. And you'll pay him that money. Uh, in summary, Reuven has to pay. He should realize that the curse of Rabbi Zeir is on his head. And he should worry about his life and he should pay. Uh, by the way, in addition to the fact he didn't remember, he didn't mention it in the summary. In addition to the fact that he did Ramaut, that it's it's considered uh, 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 connivance, immoral. 
and let's say he he refuses to pay. So they should be mechabed Reuven to say some shirim in front of the shul. Ve'imu lo barhochi if he's somebody who doesn't give shirim yenaket beit haknesset he should clean the shul v'yishamulo atafresh and they should end up paying in that twelve hundred shekels. They should give him the opportunity to get his money back. So that's the um, that's the shaila of of uh, of of Reb Zilberstein. The two shailas of Reb Zilberstein. Uh, one about the enemy that is artificially jacking up the prices so that the person who made the net is going to pay uh, a lot of money ends up paying 1300 shekels from after and uh in that case Ruben actually has to pay but Shimon should know that he really did something improper and that uh and that there's a there's a curse hovering over him uh on the other hand the second case was when the tourist was in the shul and they artificially uh, uh, with the in cahoots with the gaboim, they artificially raised up the the prices for the aliyah so that the tourists will end up paying a lot of money. However, the tourists there uh, backed out because he re- he smelled uh, he smelled a rat. He realized something was going on that was not so kosher. And then the question is, who has to pay what? So minagostrich would be that the the tourists would still have to pay. Uh, on the other hand, Rev Chaim Kanievsky said. Above baseline prices, all those high prices that the that the tourist was uh, was uh, bidding, those were all based on Genevastas and Canivary and uh, and mis- they were misleading him and taking advantage of him. So so he's not obligated at all. Uh, and the other fellow, as far as he knew, he was artificially with the with the agreement of the gabai artificially uh, jacking up the prices. So in that case, actually, uh, you would not have to pay. Uh, but again, it seems that it was it was Ramaut. It was those were the two cases Rav Zilberstein uh, dealt with, and this, the context once again is 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 nidre tzedakah.